Good evening, everybody. I'm back. So, I know it's been a while. I haven't had the chance uh, to do a live podcast in quite a long time. I've been very busy. Uh, my other business has been going bananas. It's in great. It's a. It's a great thing. It's awesome that that's happening. But it has been at the expense of this podcast. So, also. You know, instead of doing three or four different podcasts, I decided, why don't we just do one that encompasses everything? So, welcome to the first episode of All Things Sports and Ridiculous Banter, where I talk about anything I want. Browns, Indians, Cavs, MMA, whatever is on my mind. I felt like it was just the best thing to do, so that I can do this at least once a week. And not have to worry about, I don't know, four other episodes of four something else. Because I always kind of rattled off into some other direction anyway. My ADD never allowed me to just stay on point. <laughs> so it's just best that we just put it all together under the All Things Sports Ridiculous Banter for all of the Cleveland you know, the Cleveland teams. Just makes sense, right? I love the idea. I thought it was smart. And I thought that uh, what we were doing before was great, but needed a little bit more fine-tuning than just have everything else. So I love all the other brands, but they are simply just going to go away and just the one is going to stick around. just makes more sense. So welcome to the first episode of All Things Sports and Ridiculous Banter, where I decide to talk about whatever I want, about anything I want that has to do with sports, specifically your Cleveland teams. And then occasionally we're going to do some MMA stuff and go from there. So with that said, uh, can we talk about the Cleveland Indians? And I know um, this is probably going to bother people to talk about this immediately, but I'm just going to be honest with you. Good luck making the playoffs this year because it's not going to happen. And if they and if they happen to then get to a wild card playoff, there's no way that they're going to be the team to beat in that. It's just not happening. They have they do not have enough hitting. Considering you have two guys that basically are batting, I don't know, 250? Two are batting 250. That's it. Francisco Lindor, Oscar Mercado. And I think Oscar Mercado just went below the 250 mark. So, with that said, that is a sad sack of, of hitting from this organization, period. You got rid of four guys, one of who is easily going to make the play uh, the, the not only the playoffs but he's going to make the all-star team and Michael Brantley that was a poor decision you let him go and you let these other guys go and replace them with one 
in Carlos Santana. I'm sorry, Carlos Santana is also batting 250. My fault. I can't rule him out either. But with that said, he's also been batting about 120 something the whole month of May. So that doesn't help. Um, it's it's just atrocious. And then the pitching that was supposed to be really good. Two of those guys are hurt now. One has a six plus ERA in Trevor Bauer. And Carlos Carrasco is up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. Not really sure which guy is going to show up. The bullpen of all things has been the most consistent piece of this team. But even then, the only way to get to them is just to have a stud pitching night. And frankly, the best one you've had is Shane Bieber. So if Shane Bieber is going to be your number one guy for the year, you are deeply troubled. That is a deeply troubled team. And it's abysmal to watch. It's so boring. Oh, God. I've watched one game, and I'm like, yeah, that was perfect. The only one that I watched was against the Baltimore Minor League Baseball team. That's, I mean, everybody got super excited about that. And they're like, wow, this is going to be terrific. Can't wait for this. These guys are really coming out of their funk. Look at these guys. You played the Orioles. And this 8-2 and record that you have with the AL East, a lot of that is against the Baltimore Orioles and the Toronto Blue Jays. Okay, and now you have three games against the Rays. Um, so before that, though, you lost three games against a really good team. Which, and then come to find, you know, this is this is the find this season when they come and play the Twins and the Red Sox. Then you're going to find out which team is which. Because the Red Sox are for real. And you knew they were going to come back and turn it around. And they have. They're a good team, okay? They're stacked to the T with good talent. So you knew they weren't just going to be stiffs. I mean, come on. That's ridiculous. And the Rays are really good, too. And they won 3-1 to one yesterday <clears throat> on what amounted to nothing until the ninth inning. And then they won, okay? And they won at home, which is great. They won against a good team. Fantastic. But it took, you know, what amounted to, let's make sure that our pitching just finally outlast somebody, and then we figure out how to hit in the ninth inning. You can't have that. I mean, these these games of you know two to one and three to one and all this other stuff is kind of ridiculous when you think about it. You know, you you can't you just can't win games that way at all ever. I mean, and they're, they're living and dying off of it. Move my mic around. I don't care what you think. This isn't a professional podcast. So with that said. <clears throat> what do you do? What do you do? And I mean, the answer is you blow it up or you get rid of more of your talent that you have, which is not as much anymore, considering what you've done the past couple of years to try to do deadline deals, leaves you with a little to nothing. But And the decision, I guess, is going to have to come down to you're going to have to get rid of Bauer for big, you know, big something back right and Lindor for something big back that's it that's your only choices and that really sucks you're gonna lose the best player you've ever had in the history of this organization I don't care what anybody's gonna say Francisco Lindor is gonna turn out to be one of the best players that has ever played the game it's fairly clear based on his overall numbers since he's come into this organization that he will go down as one of the best. Bar none. And we're going to lose that guy. So then what? 
you get a bunch of hopeful prospects and possible starters right away that can come in and maybe cobble together a season of about 500 in hopes for the future. I mean, that's the only thing you can do, right? What else are you going to do? I mean, there's nothing else you can do. I mean, you can't seriously suspect that we're going to be, you know, we're eight games behind the Twins. Uh, now, granted, we're not even halfway through the season, whatever. I mean, but we're about a quarter of the way through the season. And it seems to be, you know, pretty clear what this team is. You know, and this idea of, well, it's going to warm up and these guys are going to start, you know, hitting better. What what drugs are you on? I mean, this is <laughs> this is not happening. This is not going to be like, oh, man, you know, that's the... The team's going to warm up and everything's going to be great. Listen, it's the top of the fifth right now. And it's one-to-one. Okay? And it's 84 degrees outside right now. Or whatever the damn temperature is. I know it's warm. Okay? So, Carrasco's pitching one of his best games. He's got four and a third. Uh, he's given up a run. Nothing else from the Indians. They have one run. And that's pathetic. I mean, uh, one run all the time. One run, one run, one run, one run stupid so you give your coach literally nothing to work with and jose ramirez just lost i mean it's embarrassing how lost he is i mean you've gone now five months of just awful hitting awful trying to continue to pull things like crazy thinking you're going to make magic happen with one swing how about you just start getting some singles, man? Put a few games together where you get a couple of singles here and there. Just start hitting the ball hard to places people aren't. I mean, I don't need you to hit 40 home runs. Would that be nice? Sure. That'd be terrific. But I don't need that. I need consistent you know, 280 hitter, Jose Ramirez. You know, the guy that used to be here. The guy that used to... You know, play on this team. The one that we thought, hey, if we get rid of some of these guys, we're going to be okay. Not okay. Lost. Now, do I like Luplo? Yeah, I like him. I think he's doing okay. Nice young talent. And honestly, Tyler Naquin, he was hitting okay before he got hurt. But the thing is, he never stays healthy. Neither does Bradley Zimmer. And he's not going to be some superstar coming in. The guy strikes out three out of four times, I feel like. So you think he's all of a sudden going to get, you know, balls and strikes ready? Come on, man. Guy's going to try to swing himself into a batting average. And you know what ha- you know what happens with that? You turn to Jose Ramirez and you bat 190. 190. Ugh. Just sickening. You know, all those fantasy teams have probably uh, picked him up. How pissed are they right now? That dude's sitting on the bench. That is no doubt. <laughs> For those of you who made that mistake... Of Jose Ramirez, egg on your face. You deserve it. I mean, wow. Did everybody just think that the guy that was hitting, you know, 329 or whatever the hell it was before was going to come back? Did you see the postseason? I mean, it was awful. And it's and it's not it's helped not helped his fielding either. His confidence is about a one right now. A one. As it should be. I mean, he's not done anything really to, to make a difference. So if you're consistently trying to still hit home runs every single time you get up to the plate, 
and you're wondering why you're not doing well, well, keep watching video of yourself like you do all day. Like, oh, what, what can I learn from this? Here's what you can learn from this. Stop trying to hit home runs. Let's start putting some consistent singles together and then start getting your swing back. That's how people do that. That's how people get out of slumps. That's how people play better. It's, I mean, it just goes back to when you're in you know, junior high again. Everybody goes through a slump. It's just a matter of how you get out of it. I mean, what are you, Chris Davis? Yeah, I mean, you know that Chris Davis from Baltimore. Boy, oh, for the life of him. I mean, he still stinks. Of course, he's never going to be a 300 hitter. But, I mean, at this point, you know, Jose Ramirez is about on that track. I mean, he's, not, he's I'm, at this point not going to bat 200 this year. Can't win that way. And you know what? Honestly, that's all the time I want to spend on the Indians because it's a joke. And they tried to do lightning in a bottle again with these nickel and dimers thinking, yep, I think we're going to get some of these. Carlos Gonzalez, boo. Yeah, Carlos Gonzalez passed his prime. Sounds great. Can't wait. Can't wait to go to the game and watch that. On my Saturday or Sunday. Can't wait to take my daughter to see that garbage. One to one. Yay. Sounds awesome. You know, while San Diego's throwing up 17 runs in a game. I mean, that's, that's a game. That's fun. I feel like the Indians have scored maybe eight runs twice in all, all year. I know I'm being facetious when I say that. But it just feels that way. And it's boring. And it's abysmal. And nobody likes it. That's why nobody watches. I, I'm going to guarantee that their uh, TV uh, percentages are down too. It wouldn't. I, I, nobody wants to watch it. The the jig is up. <laughs> I mean, if that's you know a way to kind of look at it, I'm going to take a drink right now. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, that's better. That is better. Wet the old palate. Um, so I can continue talking to you guys. So let's go to the cadavers, the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm going to be honest. I'm a little uh, irritated about Colin Sexton not actually getting a first team all NBA rookie because his numbers were pretty damn solid, if not better in comparison to Trey Young. And Trey Young's team, I think, lost about as many games as the Cavs did. And when Kevin Love came back, the Cavs actually looked decent. And Colin Sexton actually had somebody else to carry the load for him. But he did average, I don't know, some 23, 24 points a game down the stretch. He was a real scorer. Not a passer. He's a scorer. So I think the Cavs did pretty decent with Colin Sexton. And I know... The jury's out on him, and maybe he is just going to be a six-man or something like that, like a like a Clarkson or somebody like that. But at the same time, I I don't know yet. After one season, I mean, he showed real promise, and he could be a top-notch scorer if given the opportunity. Because I don't think he's going to pass the ball. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't. He didn't really have the best assist numbers. Uh, where Trey Young had better assist numbers. And a little bit higher of a scoring percentage. But I just, I mean, I don't know who had the bigger impact because the teams both stunk. And the other rookies, like DeAndre Ayton and, you know, Jaron Jackson. Jaron Jackson missed, like, 30 games. He got first team. 
Marvin Bagley had a good season. But when you look at the overall numbers, I mean, Sexton's right up there with, uh, you know, three-point percentage, uh, his um, field goal percentage as a guard, his free throw shooting percentage. I mean, just overall impact. I felt like in the six games that I watched, because I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not a really big Cavs fan. I just, I know they're from Cleveland. I just never really got into him. I mean, I watched the playoffs when LeBron was around, and it was important, you know, because the city loved him, and they and they were able to break the curse. But I think at this point now that 2016 the basketball championship has literally lost its luster. And I don't know about you, but I, I have not thought one iota about it because this has been a football town for as long as I've known. And I'm a football kind of guy. I just, I mean, I just am. And they dominate the news. And they're the best news to read about. Because right now, the only guy you only think of is, you know, who's going to be the number five pick for the Cavs. And I think it's, I mean, I, I think it's relatively, you know, easy. But I think people are going to overcomplicate it. I mean, I think their pick should be Cam Reddish. You need a shooter, man. If they could get a point guard, but a point guard, I mean, maybe Kobe White. You know, could be there, but the thing is, is there's still no real shooter from the outside for the Cavs. You know, I mean, Jordan Clarkson could shoot from there, but I mean, he's a six man, and that's his role. Period. That's that's where he should be forever and ever. This should never ever change. And they don't really have this guy who can shoot. And if somebody has the 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 guard has the capability of being able to pass the ball to a guy who can shoot the lights out. Cam Reddish was a third wheel of a two-person team that needed a lot of shots to feel good about life. And that was Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett. I'm a Duke fan. I watch Duke a lot. And when they needed Cam Reddish to score, he could score. That dude can average 30 points a game. I'm not asking him to, to, to score 30 points a game, but he can. And he can carry a team. And he can shoot. Dude can shoot. And when you don't need to... He, he was unselfish enough with that Duke team that when they needed him, great. But with these other guys, I mean, come on, man. Those guys were going to shoot way more than he was going to. And of course, the scoring percentage was going to be down because of it. But when he was out and that third score was not there, it was clear that they struggled. And when Cam Reddish didn't play that... um one finals game this year, they barely made it through. You know, and when he did, they were, it was crystal clear who was going to win that game. Even though they were close, it was crystal clear who was going to win that game. And even when they lost in that, in that uh, you know, final uh, Elite Eight game, which I was surprised about, but it is what it is, um, he played very well in that game, not only defensively, but he picked up a lot where R.J. Barrett wasn't scoring in order to help get that game where it was. You know, he made a couple of threes in that game that if they didn't hit those, it was going to be a lot more lopsided than it was. And it came down to to the final shot. So it's it's simple to me. It's simple math. I'm not sure the Cavs are going to do it. But if they do, that would be terrific. Um, because I think it's the right fit. They need a real shooter, a young shooter. 
a guy who has a as a very very high ceiling, and um, I don't I don't think that DeAndre Hunter is a high ceiling guy. I could be wrong, okay, but a lot of Virginia players. I mean, besides maybe Brunson, they just I mean I don't know they're just not that exciting. I don't I don't know what it is, but like these Duke players have some real talent. There was a reason that they were in as high as they were ranked wise as guys that come to the team. And I think that they would be able to bring what is necessary. I mean, I know we would love to have John Morant. Wouldn't that be nice? Have that point guard that can dish and, and still score along with a guy and you can move uh, Sexton over to shooting guard. Boy, that'd be a pretty devastating one too. That'd be terrific. But unfortunately, we still don't have a guy who can shoot from the outside well enough to be like, oh man, yeah, that guy's consistent. So you still need a shooter, and we don't have that. So if they can get one maybe in free agency, that would be terrific. And I know that, you know, Kevin Love can definitely shoot from the outside. There's, there's, there's no doubt. What I'm saying is another one. You know, like when you had LeBron here and you had a guy who get into the lane, I mean, he needed somebody to kick out. And shoot threes. And that's that is what was, you know, superior when Kyrie Irving was around. Because you knew the guy could shoot a three and hit it consistently. You know, at a forty percent clip. Sexton could do that now. So if you're able to get maybe another point guard, because I mean Del Vadova can do that if he's healthy. You know, they you just need that one guy to be able to deliver a pass. To another guy who can make that shot, and I think Cam Reddish would be that guy. So if you if you have the point guard capability and you can move Sexton to the outside, now you have two devastating shooters, and and Sexton can create his own shot if he needs to, and so can Cam Reddish. Now all of a sudden you have some combos, and you can make plays around that, and you can ask them to if they need to create a shot when they need to create a shot. You know Sexton can get to the rim at any time. And Cam Reddish would easily show that he has no trouble getting to the rim if he needs to or pulling up for that jumper and be able to make that jumper because he's so consistent from 18 feet. I mean, I know that sounds weird, but, you know, a guy like Kobe Bryant did all those things too. And Cam Reddish is eerily similar to that guy because he could even back into people if necessary. When asked to get into the to, to get into a small forward type position and take on people backing him down he's more than capable of doing that and he was he easily showed that at duke when they needed it so i think that's an easy decision i don't know this team is two years away after the fact anyway from from being relevant again and you know this losing is not going to stop it's going to be boring to watch that too it's like the indians and the Cavs are just on this decline of oh man it's just so boring to watch you know you're going to lose by 20 you're going to lose uh, because you can't hit, you know. I mean, pitching has never been exciting to watch, like ever. You know what I mean? It's never, ever been so much fun to be like, man, I can't wait to watch pitching. I mean, it's, it's just not fun, you know. Like, I've never once been like, man, I can't wait for a pitcher's duel. Yay! <laughs> Can't wait for it. So much fun. It's terrific. No, it's not. It's boring. 
So, you know, when you when you think about it, both teams are just not fun. And the fun one, finally, is the Cleveland is the Cleveland Browns. I mean, damn. Even they're covering OTAs like it's the Oscars. <laughs> Zelda Beckham gonna show up. I don't know. Is uh is Jarvis Landry gonna be there too? I don't know. Who cares? It's friggin' OTAs. They're voluntary. They don't have to be there, and nobody it doesn't matter. I mean, if you got a clickbait stuff, you're silly. I mean, it's just nonsense. You're nonsense. I mean, it's stupid to think that these voluntary things are really that meaningful to the grand scheme of the Browns. It's very meaningful for some of the new guys, you know, the rookies and, you know, some of the second year kids and whatever and to to be there and to play uh, and, you know, do something different. But, But it doesn't make a damn bit of difference what happens at the OTAs when nobody really cares. You know, nobody can watch that. Training camp's a different story. That's where it's important. That's where the team comes together. They start learning everything. Then they get into those preseason games. You know, they get their reps in. And I think these guys are professional enough that they're going to be able to figure out what is the game plan and the schemes and the plays when they get to training camp. And I'm okay with that. You know what? You know what's good? Having Baker Mayfield get some consistent reps with the guys that got hurt last year. You know, that that sounds good. Duke Johnson not being there. Who cares? I mean, the media keeps popping on it like, oh, man. I really wish that we could get some more Browns coverage when we need more Browns coverage. But the, the one thing that I guess I really hope happens here totally for outside of OTAs is for Odell Beckham and and Baker Mayfield to not talk to Colin Cowherd anymore when it's just feeding into the clickbait. It's so obvious. Like, I mean, you just are, you're, I know you're trying to defend each other and I know you're trying to be boys and I love that. All right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to kill that, but like you do know that you're just making his job easier on a day-to-day basis. Like it's, it's amazingly simple for him to just roll out of bed and go, Oh, I know what I'm doing today. Do a little bit more Baker Mayfield and a little more Odell Beckham because it's so simple. It's just easy. It's easy to, to nail these guys. And I think, I think they're smart. I mean, I I think they're smart enough to know this, but you just keep doing it. I don't understand. Stop doing that for him. Period. Today. I know they're not going to listen to this, but whoever does happen to listen to this should understand that it is super silly for these two professional athletes to continue to do the same dumb shit. Dumb. I mean, it's it's mind-blowing. You know, if... You, you know, you got a person who is clearly baiting you and doing stories of nonsense about you when it's not true. None of it's true. 
and you keep just, you Twitter battle them. Go to work. Knock it off. Stop doing that. End of story. And honestly, guys, that's all I got today. Uh, I just, it's a, it's a slow sports time in Northeast Ohio. There's just not that many things to talk about. It's not that special right now. <laughs> the off season, and I, I will say the Cleveland Indians season, is barely worth talking about at this point. And, you know, MMA right now is a little slow, but I will say it's pretty cool that Stipe is finally getting his, can- getting his chance against uh, Daniel Cormier. I think it's time. It has been way too long. It's been disappointing that he hasn't had this chance yet. And I think if he stays at a distance like I thought he would go- was going to in the first place, that this outcome is going to be different and that he is going to finally win that title back and shove it in everybody's face because that's what Stipe really wants to do. Anyway, I love you guys. Thanks for listening again. It's going to be a short one. Maybe as as the, the week goes on and things like that, you know, we'll get some more headlines. We'll talk about some more things. Love you guys. Check us out on SoundCloud, All Things Sports and Ridiculous Banter. Same thing on Twitter, uh, Cleveland Podcasts. And love you guys. Talk to you soon. See ya. My belt was one second. Slick majestic broke mics to left infected. Journal starts to spread to your crew. Do like an effort. You ask for it. Shut up the jams like syringes. My technique alone blows doors straight off the hinges. Master Avenger, I appear to blow your air like wind with a freestyle sharper than the Indian spear. So sit back and let the king explore. Describe me, the kid's nice and he holds swords in his name. Black attacks the nerve like migraines. With more gains than beggars on trains. Living sharp pains, poisonous rebel like deck. You can't destroy this. You can ambush skate. Try to avoid this side effects of hot raps and hot tracks. A duffel bag full of guns, sun dipped in black. My culture glides and attacks like a vulture. Ghost face in Madison Square is on your poster. Yes, the shit is raw coming at your door. You start to scream out loud. Wu Tang's back for more. Yes, the hour's four. I told you before, prepare for mic fights and plus a cold war. Be on the lookout for this mass murderous suspect that fills more body bags than apartments and projects. And as far as the coroners know, the autopsy show it was a Shaolin blow. Put on by my family, brought to the academy Of the Wu and learned how to fuck up your anatomy Steadily, calm and deadly Splatterhead lyrics I lick through your transmit MC submit to the will as I kill your juvenile freestyle Civilize the mental Devils worship this like an icon Bear hugging mites with the grips of a python Yes, this shit is raw coming at your door Start to scream out loud, Wu-Tang's back for more You heard of the rats before, but kept waiting for the son of song I keep dance hall strong, beats another worthy of my cause I prolong extravaganza, time sit still No propaganda, be wary of the skill As I bring forth the music, make love to your eardrum Dedicated to rap, nigga, beware the fearsome Lebanon, Dawn, Malcolm X, beat threat CD massacre, murder to cassette I blow the shop up, you ain't seen nothing yet One man ran trying to get away from it put your bifocal on watch me or cometh into your chamber like freddy into dream this kaboomerate your technique in your scheme four chords applause like a black dad did that you stuck on stupid like i'm stuck on the map nowhere to go except next show bro entertaining motherfuckers can't stop oh and battling you don't want me to start tattling all up on the stage because y'all snakes keep rattling bitch you ain't got nothing on the rich every other day my whole dress code switch so just in case you 
wanna clock me like Sherry All y'all crab bitches ain't got the worry Can't get a nigga like Don Dime a dozen Even if I'm smoked out, I can't be scoped out I'm too ill, I represent Park Hill See my face on a $20 bill Cash it in and get $10 back The fat LP with cappuccino on the wax Pass it in your thing, put valve up to 12 Put all the other LPs back on the shelf And smoke a blunt and dial 917 1604-9311 And you could get long dick hip-hop affection I damage any MC who step in my direction I'm Staten Island best, son, fuck what you heard Niggas still talking, that shit is absurd My repertoire is USSR PLO style got thrown out the car It ran over by the Method Man Jeep Devon can't define my style, it's so deep like pussy My low-cut face stay bushy like a porcupine I part backs like a spine Got you like a blunt and reconstruct your design I know you wanna diss me, but I can read your mind Cause you weak in the knees like SWV Trying to get a title like Woo Killer B Can't change your habit, you know I'm friends with the Abbott Me and Rizzo Rod name printed in the tablet under vets We paid out debts for mad years Hibernated sound and now we out like beers And born power, born physically, power speaking The truth in the song be the pro-black teaching